I want to talk to you tonight about being carriers of hope. I want to I want to think through a little bit and, and talk through what it means to be carriers of hope. Um, this this thought kind of um, came upon me because I was really thinking that the the world that we live in constantly is really just in this state of despair, right? I think that's there's this this idea of despair that is constantly spilled over on top of us to the point that we feel even a little smothered at time with despair. And I don't think there's enough hope, right? Like I, I think I think even if if you think about sales pitches, um, like I, I'm reading a book right now um, for work called Driving Eureka. That makes me that makes me feel smart. Driving Eureka, and it's not about Eureka vacuums. It's not like, like, that's not what it's about. The book is about getting to this place where innovation is just the nature of who you are and how do you innovate and how do you break yourself away. It's like all these different things. Uh, and I just read an entire chapter that was all about communicate. And it was talking about how you communicate whatever it is that you're selling. And literally, the whole, a good chunk of the chapter was literally about you need to make sure that they feel like without this, they are going to be the most miserable people in the world. And it's, it's just got me thinking about like we, if you really look around at everything that's kind of shoved in your face, every thought, every idea, every product, there's this, there's this idea that if you don't have it, if you don't experience, if you don't grab it, you're going to be in this state of despair, right? You're, you're, you're going to be worse off, right? If you, uh, this is a good one for now, I guess, but I could get in trouble. But um, like, if you don't vote for this politician, it's all downhill, right? Like that's, and it, both sides, right? Both sides are saying that, right? Like, if you don't choose this person, it's going to, oh my gosh, everything's going to go wrong. And if you, if you do choose that exact same person, it's all going to go downhill and it's going to be, it's, it's never like, it's never good. Like, and, and that's the way everyone pushed things out. If you don't attend this thing, you're going to miss out. If you, do, if you don't feel like this, if you don't talk like this, if you don't dress like this, blah, 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 blah. So we live in this world that I believe is in serious need of hope, right? Like hope isn't something we talk about enough. And shouldn't we be the people that are carrying hope with us everywhere we go. Like every place we are, like if, if we're the people that proclaim that Christ is the hope of the world, shouldn't we be hopeful? It's okay to be hopeful, right? It's okay to think good things, right? Like, like I mean, that's, that's like the eternal optimist of me that like, like no matter what, it's like, it'll be okay, you know? Bethany's like, is it okay? And I'm like, it's okay, you know? <laughs> but we should, we should be constantly carrying this hope. And when you look around in the world, all you see is despair. So many people in a state of despair, so many Christians in a state of despair, thinking that every decision, that every per like if this person doesn't get in power, it's all going to go downhill for the Christians. It's all over. 
pack your bags, boys. They're going to come in through them doors. They're going to put bars on them. And, you know, like all this, like it's despair. That's what people try to, and, and we keep forgetting that we have, you know, the hope of glory, right? All of this right here, but we don't read that. Um, Romans 15, Romans 15. We're going to read verse 13. That's right. I said verse. I know. That's a little weird for me. Verse 13, chapter 15. Okay. This verse kind of jumped out at me um, as I was reading all these different verses about hope. And there was, there was a couple things in here that I want to I really call out to you to help you see what, what is, I believe, being communicated here. Romans 15, 13 says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And I'm just going to ask him to leave that up here for a minute, okay? First, we need to recognize that if we are serving the God of the Bible, right? Holy Bible. This is who we're serving. He's referred to as the God of hope, right? If we are going to be followers of Christ followers of his teaching, followers of his ways. And God himself is identified as the God of hope. I think it's pretty clear that we should be a hopeful people, right? We shouldn't fall into the trap of the doom and the gloom and, and all these horrible things that you often see. If he is a God of hope and we are really into this Christianity thing, we would be a byproduct of that hope, right? Is that fair? I think it's fair, right? We should be a hopeful people. There's nothing wrong with being hopeful. I think a lot of times we find too many people that literally want to go straight to negative Nancy on anything, right? Like, I mean, now I will tell you, I know a few Nancys, okay? One of them that I knew was primarily negative, okay? I'm not going to say that that's always the way it is. I'm just saying there was a negative Nancy that I knew. But often we squash hope, right? We want to bring people back to earth, right? Hey, that's, that's probably not going to happen, you know? Huh. Let me go ahead and crush your dream or your idea or your vision, right? That's, that's what we like to do. And I have no clue why, because if we are people who serve a God of hope, shouldn't we be instilling hope in others? Like, shouldn't that be the nature of who we are? Instead of allowing someone to stay in the pit that they're in, shouldn't we be helping them out by speaking hope and good things? Too many people go straight to this. I've, I've heard this, this never going to change story, right? Things are never going to change. Things are, ne you know, this person's never going to change or this situation is never going to change or my boss is never going to change or my, my job is never going to change or um, what, whatever it is. I, I don't know. I, I should have thought up more things to say with that I didn't, Okay. But when we say things like this, where's room for hope when you're saying things like this? When we're saying things like, it's always been this way, it's never going to change. It's never, no, nothing's ever going to be different than the way that it is. We need, we need to be instilling hope. Not, and, and I believe that, I believe that we should have a license to hope, <laughs> right? Like, it's okay to be hopeful. It's okay to look forward and say, hey, there's something good that's going to happen. Even in the worst of times, it's okay to be hopeful. 
if you look in that, that passage, it continues to say, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Isn't that amazing? Fill you with joy and peace in what? In believing. See, when, when I was reading that, it was jumping out at me because it didn't say, um, it didn't say may, may the God of hope fill you with, joy, with all joy and peace because everything's perfect. It doesn't say that, that he's let him fill you with joy and peace because everyone does exactly what you think or agrees with you in all scenarios. Chipotle is the best. It doesn't say that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace because of anything else. It says joy and peace in believing. See, some people are trying to wrap up their joy and peace in their personal preferences. But this is telling us that we need to be filled with joy and peace in believing and in nothing else. See, a lot of people in this world are wrapping their joy and peace into something that is going to fade away. It's not going to be here. It's not going to last. It's going to, it's going to erode, right? I love my truck and it's never going to erode. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I knew it would get back to Jimmy and I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> it also goes on to say that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. See, this is part of, this is one of the missing elements of being able to experience and walk in hope. It's walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, abound, I looked up the definition of abound, and it means to occur or exist in great quantities or numbers like that you may abound that you may have hope exist in great quantities we should be a hopeful people in every situation it doesn't matter how bleak it looks it doesn't matter how difficult it looks it doesn't matter how it, it, it may look like it's the worst scenario that you have ever embarked on in your life. What you need to grab into is some of that hope that you should be abounding in because you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. When we don't abide in the Holy Spirit, in these things, what happens is we lose hope. See, we think, we think that because we show up to church, or we, or we do X or we do Y, that all of a sudden we're going to abound in hope. But it's only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to engage in this relationship with the God of the universe. It, we're not meant to just have like a little sprinkling of hope. You know? Like, you know what? I've sometimes seen Tom hopeful, you know? I mean, it's rare. Usually he's, you know... Usually he's stressed out about something or usually he's, he's saying, oh, that'll never work because of X, Y, Z or, or whatever it is, right? We, we need to be a hopeful people, hopeful in our work, hopeful in our families, hopeful in our relationships. Relationships is one of the spots that we get, we, we literally live in despair. We live in despair because of relationships, because of experiences that we've had in relationships. 
we look at those relationships with zero hope. That's not right. If we serve the God of hope, every relationship, right? Every relationship that you are engaged with, whether it be positive or negative, (laughs) there should be a hope associated with that relationship because God wants us to abound in hope. So I want you to think about this. When people come to you about a situation, about a problem, about something they just don't like, something that got all mixed up in their Wheaties and they ain't happy about it. Listen, I don't know these people that put fruit in cereal. That's all wrong, okay? I, like bananas and cereal, like just take my teeth out, man. Like it just feels wrong, people. It just feels wrong. Someone, someone's going to yell at me or they're going to throw a banana at me. I can feel it. When people come to you about a situation, about a problem, do they walk away from their encounter with you feeling hopeful? Do they feel hopeful? Or do they feel justified in their despair? Woo. (laughs) See, it's really, the easiest thing to do is to justify someone's despair because that's what they want you to do. They want you, they, they want you to justify their anger, their bitterness, their resentment. That's what they want. They literally want you to feed into that. They want you to say, it's okay to be angry because you should be angry because they've done you wrong. They didn't treat you the way they should have. They didn't talk to you the way they should have. They want you to just stay in that despair. And you know what? If you do that for them, they will love you you will be their best friend. And you know what? Every time that they have a problem, every time that they're in turmoil, every time that they just feel like they can't handle anymore, they will come tell you about all their problems and you will shake your head and you'll be like, I don't know why you are treated so wrong in life. I am so sorry because it is horrible. They should have never talked to you that way. They should have never treated you with you. You know what? We do all these things, but you know what? When people actually stop coming to you is when you bring hope into some of those situations and you try to change their mindset and say, you know, what if you tried to love them like you've never loved them before? That person would look at you and be like, they don't want my love, <laughs> right? See, we, we should be doing that though. If, we, if we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, we should be working to bring unity, not to build more division. That's what we're supposed to do as people of hope. So let's talk about the opposite of hope, right? Um, I had wrote this down because I was like, you know what? Today I'm going to say that the opposite of hope is despair, okay? I knew someone would look it up, and so I looked it up, and literally the definition for despair is the loss of hope. I nailed it, okay? I nailed it, right? I mean, can we agree to that? Yes. Okay, Billy's on my team. I feel it. Billy's in. If we look at the world which often we look at through the lens of social media, what do we see? It's typically despair. If you, I, I wanted to do this experiment, but then I thought people would really freak out if I did it. I wanted to put something um, incredibly positive and hopeful out, like on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, I wanted to put something up that was like filled with despair. I didn't do it because my wife would probably panic a little bit. (laughs) 
I would have told her. I would have been smart. But a lot of people would have panicked, right? And I began thinking about that because if I put both of those things out, you know what I'm going to get more response with? Despair. See, when you put out a message of hope, there's not enough people that come around you and say yes. But when you get into despair, there's a lot of things that can happen. Especially if you're talking about a person, <laughs> right? You start dragging someone's name into the mud, whether you know them or whether they're in the political arena or whether they're a music artist or what. Listen, most of the time we're dragging people in the mud and we don't even know who they are or what their story is. But as a people, we've become addicted to despair, addicted to a victim mentality, addicted to this woe is me message, and we've begun to propagate this message so thick that that's what people see just everywhere in society. We've been wronged, we've been disappointed, we've been let down, and that is not a message of hope. And to be quite honest, the problem is, is the world likes a message of despair. They like it. They connect to it. When you bring hope, people are like, eh, I don't know about that. Nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Negative Nancy, Debbie Downer, if they were best friends, it would be bad news, guys, okay? We've heard, we've heard that saying, we've heard that before, but there are literally people who can't get out of this position. And I think part of this reasoning is because hope provides life, but despair often provides, you know, little more interest. Maybe, maybe I could say despair provides likes, you know? People like when you start tearing someone else down because they're like, yeah, I'm on your side, man, and, and all these different things. And we remove the opportunity for hope, right? We, we remove these opportunities and people, listen, people who are in despair, they get attention. They get attention. And usually people in despair, if you really come to them with a true message of hope, they do want out of despair, but a lot of times, it's hard to bring that message. Why? Why is it so hard to bring that message? Because it's so much easier to just let them stay in their despair. It's literally so much easier to say, you know what, you're right. They shouldn't do you like that. As opposed to saying, hey, have you, have you prayed? Have you, have you actually seen if there's any unforgiveness in your heart that you need to let go of? They don't like that message. <laughs> that might freak them out a little bit, right? See, I think that this, this concept of despair getting all of this attention, we have to be agents of change everywhere that we go. A room should change when you enter into it. Why? Because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It should change. Think, people, literally, people should act and talk and be different when you get in there because they're going to notice that something's changed. I believe that. But if we are not carrying hope, if we are not walking in the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, like the word tells us to, to literally be carriers of hope, what are we doing, right? What, what are we doing in, in, our, in our workplaces? What are we doing in our families? Listen, there are too many family situations that have gone to ruin because what we've done is we've coddled our family as opposed to telling them what you're doing is wrong. This isn't what God has for you. This doesn't line up with his will for you. But we coddle and we allow them to stay in a position of despair and that's not good. See, 
a hopeful person doesn't always get the love and attention of others, right? Usually it's the person in despair, person who's constantly in despair, who chooses to stay in despair. There's an attention factor to what happens there. See, we have to make this decision to hope. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9 reminds us of this, okay? It says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. See, we've heard this, we've recited it, we've talked about it. And the one thing that I want you to understand is it starts with we are afflicted in every way. It's not like, hey man, I'm into this Jesus thing and life is perfect in every way. Everything goes exactly the way that I expected it to. I got everything, I got everything, you know, worked out, man. I got the, the best of everything in life. Everything is literally falling right where it's want to. And I am not in despair because everything is cool and everything is great. <laughs> no, it actually says, hey, we're afflicted in every way. We're perplexed, we're persecuted, we're struck down, all this stuff, but we're good. We're gonna be okay. And some people need to start hearing this message of hope, right? We, uh, if, if we look at 1 Peter 5, 7, I think I gave that to him. 1 Peter 5, 7, it tells us to do something very important. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him. Not, listen, not, it doesn't say cast all your anxieties on your pastor or on your pastor's wife or, um, you know, or, or necessarily on your spouse or on your parents or anyway, like, like here's, here's the thing that, that is really tricky about this scripture. If you actually look at it, there are two people involved in this passage that have to do something. Okay. Um, mainly it's on you because you have to start the process by casting your anxieties on him. We are really, really, really good at casting our anxieties on everyone else but him. We're really good at talking to someone else about it, especially when it's about someone that they both know, right? <laughs> like, hey, can you believe what negative Nancy did this week? You know, um, she is really getting on my nerves, her and Debbie Downer, right? Like a Debbie and Nancy, we need a Debbie and a Nancy, don't we? Um, the, the, the onus is on us here, guys, to cast our anxieties on him, to make that decision, not to wait on anyone else, not, not to suggest that my spouse has really got to do something about this, right? It's about us. It's about us and our relationship with the father. It's about us going before the throne. It's about us laying ourselves down. It's about us putting these things away. Why? Because he cares for you. This scripture strips this conversation down to two people, you and God. That's it. There's no way out of this. 
It has to happen from you. You cannot come to me, throw your anxieties on me, and then I throw them a little further, right? That's not the way it works. I, listen, I have had many, many people come to me repetitively for prayer. And I literally all the time will say to them, you do know that you have the exact same access to the throne of God that I do, right? Like, I want to make sure before I ever pray for you that you completely understand this because you don't need me to pray for you. And I'm not saying that there's not times that you don't ask someone else for prayer. But what I'm saying is that we need to understand it tells us, cast your anxieties on him. Him, God, not anyone else, not anyone else. And you know why I think it tells us to do that? Because I don't think God, who being a God of hope, will let you stay in a position of despair. People will. People will. People will let you stay, people will let you feel okay about your, your despair. You will feel justified in your despair and you will stay in your despair. You, you can live in peace when you live in hope, even when everything else is horrible. You can still have peace. See, Psalm 147.3 says this. It says that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. When, when a wound is bound up, it needs to be left alone. So, Nakoda... She does this really cool, ridiculous flip, right? Um, hurts her ankle. I now have to carry her everywhere. It's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> we, we get to urgent care, right? And they look at it and they're like, yeah, it's sprained. And I'm like, I knew it. And so they wrap her, wrap her ankle and foot up, right? And they're like, you need to leave this bound. It'll, it'll help her and all this kind of stuff. When we went to lay her down, she immediately became panicked because she was worried that this binding that had been on her foot for probably two hours at this point was cutting the circulation off and something horrific was going to happen in the night. And I was like, you're going to be all right, girl. She's like, no, look. And she would pull back and she'd be like, look, it's pressing into my skin. And so... I did what a good father would do. I came up and I pulled my sock down. I was like, look, it's pressing into my skin and I'm going to make it, right? Like, I'm going to get there. So she, she has this moment of pain, but I tell her like, no, you need to leave it bound up. Like, you have to leave it bound up. It's going to help. It's going to make sure that it stays in that position so that it'll heal and all this stuff. It'll let it rest and all this kind of stuff. The problem that we have is a lot of times we have this situation where we go to God, he, he, he works on this healing process, he binds up our wounds, and you know what we keep doing? We keep pulling the bandages back so that we can show everyone our wound. Ooh. <laughs> Let me show you how badly I was hurt. Let me explain to you how badly they hurt me in that moment. I want you to see the scar. I want you to see the pain. I want you to understand how bad it was for me. The whole time the scripture says, hey, he heals the broken hearted and he binds up their wounds. But we just keep, right? We keep wanting to show people. This isn't, this isn't what we're supposed to do. This isn't the way we're supposed to live. 
I'm not talking about saying that there's anything wrong where there are moments of ministry, right? Moments of ministry where you're sharing with someone and they're ministering to you. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm saying if you find yourself in situations where you are allowing yourself to stay in despair because someone is encouraging you in your despair, you need to start figuring out what's happening there, right? We need to be people of hope. So I think, I think you know, as we're, as we're talking about this, what we have to start recognizing, we have to start recognizing the moments that we're in, guys, that we are not we are not supposed to be agents of despair right there are too many situations that are being brought to your doorstep that you are called you are equipped to bring hope hope at all times no matter how bad it looks no matter how unfair it looks no matter how, how badly someone was treated, there is hope in every situation. We need to be those types of people. We need to be carriers of hope that are really going to encourage each other and say, listen, you know what? I know it looks bad. I know it looks wrong. I know it doesn't look like it's going to line up, but well, you know what? We need to be people of hope. And sometimes that means you got to tell someone, hey, you're wrong, man. The way you said that, the way you feel about that, that doesn't line up. It doesn't line up. We have to do that. And, not, and, and I'll say this. Um, a lot of times he leads us into moments of grace and forgiveness when we really want someone to learn a lesson. <laughs> like there, there's a lot of times when, when God... When we, when we cast our anxieties on him and we go to him about what's going on, a lot of times he will reveal to you things that where you, you need to forgive or you need to have grace because God knows he has all kinds with us. And he'll, he'll speak that to you and you'll be like, ah, really kind of need like the vengeance of God right now. Because <laughs> not feeling the whole grace and forgiveness. Like that's cool for me. Like I'll take that. But they, they, need, they need kind of your vengeance. And I know it's yours and not mine. So like, ha- have at it, right? <laughs> but we are supposed to be carriers of hope, guys. And I think, I think if, if we look around and we really ask ourselves, when people come to us, do they leave hopeful? Or are they really coming to us and still leaving in their despair? You know, if, if, um, if someone came to me, I think I'm going to get in trouble. Um, thinking about the, the way to say this. There are times when um, people come to me and I know that they want to stay in their despair. Okay? And I have... Um, you, you guys probably haven't seen this, but I can have these like sarcastic tendencies, okay? And there are times when someone who wants to remain in despair wants to talk about their despair. And I just want to, I want to sometimes look at them and be like, no, oh, you're right. You're always going to be in this spot. Like, it's never going to get better. 
Because they're going to be like, why would you say that, right? You know, because that's what you want to hear, like, like that. I mean, that's, there's a lot of times I'm like this close. Bethany knows when I feel like that because she's like, Tom, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Don't say that. And then afterwards, I'll be like, you know what I almost said? And she'll be like, I'm really glad you didn't, you know? <laughs> Because, because there are too many people that want to stay in despair. So does this mean that being a carer hope means that every situation that comes up to you, that they're going to walk away feeling like, yay, yippee, yippee, i kai I'm all good, right? That's not necessarily going to happen. But it should be your mission, right? It should be our mission that in every situation, every encounter that we have, that they should walk away hopeful, right? Even if the hope is for a situation that they don't want, but it lines up with the word of God. I'm not suggesting that you need to give hope in situations of sin where you justify something that's way wrong by giving them the hope. It's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. Keep doing that or, or keep running from this or running from that or whatever the story is, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you got to give hope that lines up with the word of God, which is why I keep telling you it's important to know what the word of God says so that you can understand what lens to see things through, right? But we need to be carriers of hope, guys. This world, everywhere you look, there is brokenness and there is despair. And we need to be a people that when we run into these situations, we run into people, we need to give hope. I know that tonight this, this, is, um, this is such a simple thing. Like it's incredibly Simple, being carriers of hope. And I, and I talked about it a little bit last week about um, we need to do this stuff, right? And it's funny because I, I really often think like this isn't, this isn't something that we need to talk about. Like be hopeful. Like I, I probably should have just come up here and be like, hey, do me a favor um, this week. Be hopeful. Peace out. Thanks. You know, I could have done something like that. But we need to understand that we serve a God of hope. We need to understand that. We need to apply that to our lives. And in everything that you encounter, we need to give it some hope, right? Give them hope, right? It could be a saying, maybe. I don't know. Put it on a t shirt. We need to be people like this because there are too many within the body of Christ that are negating a message of hope because it feels good to encourage despair. That's not what we want to be, right? In every position, in every place, in every moment, we need to give hope. Hope.